welcome to episode 10 of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a free trial, visit lynda.com slash virtual. Hover, where you can find simplified domain management, and BraveWave, the best independent music label you've never heard of. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined today by my partner in crime, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Mike. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. I have a, I have a bit of a cold right now, but you know, things are things are good in Rome. We're getting actually um, like um, like some sort of storm, I think, in Italy mm-hmm. this week. Uh, so it was pretty hot until yesterday, and now it's basically freezing cold. It's kind of weird. Hence, uh, hence the old cold over there, buddy. You know they they gave a name to this uh, storm. Oh, what's the name? Uh, uh, Gonzalo. Oh, storm <laughs> oh, yeah. Gonzalo. Gonzalo. Yeah. Apparently, it's uh, it's it's actually causing damage. And you know, I think there's a bunch of problems in the southern part of Italy. So uh, yeah, I caught a cold. That was my, you know, freezing weather in Rome. Batten anyway, down the hatches, I'm, buddy. Batten down those hatches. Yeah, I'm doing good, Mike. Uh, I I'm continuing continuing work on my on my new house in Rome. Mm-hmm. I have a proper desk. Um, I have a new lamp also. Hopefully, my my broadband connection will be better. I've been having issues. I've been playing games again. Oh yeah, uh, been yeah. Oh, I brought in my Wii U with me. So I've uh, been playing Mario Kart. I told you with the contractors, right? Yeah, and we play Mario Kart together. Yeah, and then we uh, and then I I continue to play uh, this week a bunch of a bunch of uh, sessions I did, you know, just to relax. Uh, it's so nice, and uh, in fact, I, I cannot wait for the for the DLC, which we'll, we'll discuss in a bit. Um, but yeah, Mike, I'm good. I, I always give you these long answers. I like them. It's kind you of like good. Them? Okay. Okay. Well, you have long answers. You have stuff to say, and I kind of need you to have things to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a summary of my life that I give you every week. I like the summaries. Okay. Um, I've been playing more Minecraft. Of course you did. I uh, built the second floor to my uh, house. I built a, a glass balcony, um, and now I've started a new tunnel. A glass balcony? Mm-hmm. I made a glass balcony. Is that a? Is that a? Is the, isn't that dangerous? It's reinforced. <laughs> it's reinforced. <laughs> Are you an architect in Minecraft? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be. You know I I wouldn't trust you in real life with architecture. Uh, Why? But in Minecraft, but you know glass balconies they sounds dangerous. Hey, Apple builds them all the time. There's a glass staircase in the Regent Street store. Okay, you you have a point, I guess. You trust Apple with architecture, but you don't trust me. I know yeah, it's it's really the same, right? Very similar. Yeah, you went to the same school as uh, as Apple's architects, so <laughs> obviously. So last week's episode um, got a lot of great feedback. So thank you to everybody yeah. that contacted us, tweeted, emailed, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm really pleased with how it came out. I'm pretty pretty proud of it. I think we did a good job. Um, I've been explaining it to people. It's basically you uh, explain things for an hour, and and then I shouted for ten minutes. Yeah, that um, was great. That was a great combination. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting um, a generally positive response, uh, but instead, it looks like our listeners are awesome and judicious people. So, uh, yeah, we got we got great feedback, and um, you know, uh, a lot of people saying, uh, "I'm glad that you guys talked about this uh, because it needed to be said." And um, so, yeah, I'm very happy. You have a, a link that you yeah uh, that are in, is in this week's show notes, which are relay.fm/slash/virtual/slash/ten. Ten already, already ten. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, an article on Medium um, by Chris. Uh, I don't know how you say this last name, um, Kluve. Yeah, I would have gone with that. Kluve yeah. uh, is a former, I think, uh, NFL uh, football player, right? And um, but he says I've, I've been, I've played in the NFL for eight years. Uh, I've been a gamer for for twenty six, 
And it's basically uh, pretty uh, not safe for work, uh, <laughs> very direct uh, accusation of uh, Gamergate and the people uh, of Gamergate. And in spite of, you know, the, the tone and, and the terms that he uses, um, he actually makes some great points uh, about, you know, the just the idiocy and the all the contradictions of Gamergate, uh, and especially the fact that they continue to, you know, with the with their harassment and doxing of people, uh, and then when you when you ask these people about their activities, they say, but it's actually about ethics in video game journalism, and in fact, there's a bunch of jokes on Twitter this week about people saying, well, it's actually about ethics in in video game journalism. Uh, there's a bunch of parody accounts that I follow uh, that have been tweeting this joke because it's really a joke, right? I mean, these people are masquerading their um, harassment and, and trolling activities with, with the excuse that they want to fight uh, this some sort of co- cause for, for, you know, for having more ethical behaviors in video game journalism. That's just crazy. Um, also, I wanted to point out that... Um, Felicia Day, um, last night, she wrote a, uh, a post about Gamergate and online harassment. And minutes after uh, publishing this, uh, she got doxxed in the comments of her own post, um, which was against Gamergate. So within minutes of uh, Felicia, you know, speaking up and, and condemning Gamergate, uh, somebody... Uh, posted her personal uh, home address and phone number, I think, or personal email in the comments. Uh, of course, this didn't happen with uh, Chris Clove, uh, who is a male, white male, who plays in the NFL, but happened right away with a, with a female actress, as they would say, with a female actress, right? It's crazy, crazy differences in, in defining people. Happened right away with a woman. And uh, it's really, it's really a shame that Gamergate is still around. Um, speaking of Gamergate, Mike, uh, I saw that you added a link today about um, Gamersgate. <laughs> Can you tell me about this? <laughs> so this is a legit company. <laughs> so there's this, there's this company. It's a game rental service, and it's called Gamersgate. Oh, that's really, that's really bad. <laughs> Uh, they, they have been around for 10 years. Yep. So you can imagine, 10 years, these guys, they do their job, they do the, their thing, right? They're gamers gate, they do game rentals. And then suddenly, Gamergate becomes the most stupid and hated uh, trend, I guess, in, in the video game online communities. And they have to issue some sort of um, press release. Yeah, the guy, the CEO just came out and said, like, you know, we are not Gamergate. <laughs> it's basically that. <laughs> That's kind of like Fantastic. the majority of what he wanted to say was, "This is not us. This is some something else. Uh, we are not. We are not Gamergate." Uh, it was just hilarious. To, I just found it hilarious to see. I just feel sorry for this guy. His company, like, he has to change the name of his company now. Surely, like, you can't. Yeah, he cannot continue to call it Gamers Gate, uh, and it's like pretty legit. Like I think they rent, but they also sell uh, games. But they they like sell all the big PC games. I know? mean, this is a, this really sucks for for these guys because I, I try to to think about this from my perspective. What if in five years uh, some groups of idi- uh, you know a group of idiots uh, comes around and they launch their campaign called Max Story? Right, and they they do some trolling. They harass people in the Apple community, and then I'm Mac stories, right? And people possibly associate me with the Mac story hashtag. I mean, that would be terrible, right? And, and you didn't do anything wrong, basically, but your name and your reputation are essentially ruined uh, because of a similar name. That's really, really awful. It would be terrible, you know. Yeah, that it really sucks. I feel I feel bad for him, and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean to laugh at the guy's misfortune, but no, 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 really. it, is, it is kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny, but also kind of terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, funny things, Mike, um, there's a, you know, Mario Kart, right? We, we all love Mario Kart and there's a DLC coming out and Nintendo confirmed that, um, that the Yoshi circuit from the old uh, Double Dash Mario Kart for the GameCube is coming back to Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U. And when I saw the news, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, and then I saw that you added this link in the document, um, I, go, I, went to, I went to watch the video, and the music, it hit me right away <laughs> with so many memories, like the music of the Yoshi circuit track. Uh, it was like I was watching the video, and it felt like being back in my room, and I was 14 or 15, and it, it was pretty awesome. You know, what's the word for like a deja vu, right? Um, no, it's not like no, a deja vu. It's, it's like, um, um, like you, you see something and you, you, you feel like it's many years ago. Reminisce. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you reminisced. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember Double Dash. Double Dash was a great game. Like it was genuinely great. It was weird that they would like, it didn't really make sense. Like oh, there the, would be two people. The, the two player thing. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun because you could swap the characters while you were driving. So and they had this cute animation that they would like jump around the cart and switch positions. Um, but it was pretty weird. Yeah, I also think the Double Dash, however, was better. Like it had more fun in it than the uh, Wii version. Mario right. Kart Wii was pretty boring, actually. Uh, Double Dash was weird and, you know, different and strange, but it was funny and it was memorable. And the Wii version later, you know, not really. And the music was awesome. I, I really liked the music of Double Dash. And this is an unpopular opinion, but I also liked the, I think it's called Toad Highway track. Uh, you know, there's all the cars that drive around. There's like a San Francisco bridge in, in the Mario Kart universe. Um, yeah, I think it's Toad, Toad's Freeway, Toad's Highway, something like that. Um, it was really nice. And in fact, it's back in Mario Kart 8. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I really want to get the DLC. Did you see also there's the... They're doing a master master bike for link yeah i've seen that did you, did you, it's yeah. and nintendo in the in the press release said and it's got plenty of horsepower <sighs> because it's like if you look at the picture you can you can understand why it looks you know it's shaped like a, yeah the master bike <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome, right? I would. I would love to have like a modern day uh, Zelda universe, and Link has got like bikes and and other modern accessories. Hey, maybe in the in the in the new Zelda for Wii U next year, we will get Link on the master bike. Just that the horsepower thing is just. <laughs> It looks pretty cool, though. It looks pretty naturally cool, yeah. looks like a horse, right? Because I would actually drive in real life on that bike. Would you? I, you know, I don't, I don't like being on two wheels. I never, uh, I was never able to drive a scooter or anything, a Vespa or anything like that. I've always been scared by, you know, just two wheels. I prefer cars, but the master bike, uh, that would be fantastic. Can you imagine myself you know, just going, you know, through the streets of Rome on a master bike? <laughs> like a real boss. Like a real Italian link. Yeah. Um, we have more Nintendo links uh, to discuss, Mike. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell me about this uh, Amazon leaking information about Smash Brothers? Yeah, so an, an Amazon post like a, to the to the store um, for the Wii U version of Smash Brothers has seemed to unearth some hitherto unknown uh, information about the upcoming game, which we're probably going to hear about in the Nintendo Direct, which is, when is that? Is that next week? It's, yeah, next week. So basically... Uh, what what we have is 
like a couple of things. One is there seems to be uh, this brand new mode called um, the board game mode. There's literally no more information in that. It just says, or outwitting your opponents in a brand new board game mode. It could be something like Mario Party, is what Vooks.net uh, suggests. Oh, great website. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when I was looking for some, some links to put in the The show. guy is always working. I know. Like, like you go on Twitter and Vooks is always working about... He's seriously so committed to, to, to the website. I mean, it's much, much better than me because, you know, people say, hey, teacher, you're always writing. And I guess I have some sort of obsession uh, with my website. But Vooks, man, it's, it's on a different level completely. It's, it's really, you know... Is on it every time. There's a is is better than other blogs. Is first. He's got videos. He's got reviews. He's got screenshots. He's got everything. So anyway, sorry. So yeah, we got that. So some some unknown mode. Um, there's also in this there is a level creation tool. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's going to be. Some sort of level maker. It's interesting that Nintendo is uh, is doing, if this leak is to be believed, but I guess it is, um, is doing these uh, uh, do-it-yourself kind of uh, game design tools. And I guess part of it, it's um, part of it is is a reaction, I guess, to Minecraft, uh, because Nintendo realized that kids like to still like to play around with. Uh, building blocks and build their own stuff. Only now it's probably uh, not as much uh, uh, about Lego as it used to be, uh, but it's about you know uh, games like Minecraft. Uh, so part of part of that, I guess, is it's related to this um, game design trend. Uh, but also, um, I mean, Nintendo is doing uh, the Mario Maker game, yep. right? Yep. You can you can create your own levels, and I think that. In this Super Smash Brothers case, um, it really exemplifies the fact that Nintendo needs better uh, portability of data between uh, the home console and portable console experiences. Because I, I guess that it would be pretty amazing to uh, be able to assemble a level, you know, on the on the, on the bigger display of the TV, and then you just you know, push the level to your Nintendo 3DS and you can play the, the level or the stage, whatever it is, uh, anywhere you go. Uh, ideally, it would be awesome to have this seamless communication between the Nintendo console at home and the portable Nintendo console uh, on the go. Um, and I say this about Nintendo because I, I could make this er the same argument about the PS Vita, right? But it's just that Sony doesn't seem to be uh, as involved with the PS Vita anymore as much as Nintendo still is with the Nintendo 3DS. So now when I when I talk about portable consoles, I primarily talk about Nintendo. Uh, not necessarily because of my preference, but just because of the facts. And, and Nintendo doesn't seem to understand this, however. They, they just... You know, they don't have a system, they don't have an infrastructure, and they keep saying, yeah, we're thinking about it for next gen. And but next gen is, you know, many years down the road, possibly, if the uh, if Nintendo manages to, to, to still, uh, you know, sell a few millions uh, between the the 3DS and the Wii U. I don't think if... I, I don't think that a, that, a, that a solution is possible right now with the current consoles, um, so yeah, I'm kind of sad because it, it would be, it would be really nice to have a unified experience with a, with a Nintendo at home and Nintendo on the go. I also believe that the next console should, should just be called Nintendo, you know, just call it the Nintendo. People know the Nintendo name. Yeah. You know? But then how do you go past that? Yeah. Let's just buy a Nintendo. It, I mean, people say that all the time. Yeah, but they say that, like, of all the consoles. But, like, I mean, what, if you release a console called the Nintendo, what do you call the next one? Like, the Nintendo the new, 2? The new Nintendo. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. <laughs> this, this, I don't it, we're walking into Apple territory now. Yeah, the new iPad. The new iPad. <laughs> the Nintendo Air. The, the, the iPad. 
Let's take a quick moment to thank our first sponsor for this week. It's lynda.com. Lynda.com is where you're going to find an easy and affordable way to learn fantastic stuff. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. These experts create stuff quickly and in the highest quality. The tutorials that they're putting together are just incredible. They're not just high in quality from a production standpoint, of which they are. They're also high in quality of content. The people that lynda.com have to do their great tutorials are really just the best in the field. They have stuff ready. They have software tools that are just being released. They have tutorials on the same day that they re- that they release. They make sure that you're up to speed. But they also have a fantastic catalog of other stuff too. Like for example, maybe you want to learn something about photography. Maybe you want to learn about how to snap the perfect portrait. Maybe you want to learn a bit about Aperture or Lightroom. You know, it's a new hobby that you're after. You can go for it. Maybe you want to learn stuff about OpenGL. Maybe you want to make a game of your own. Worldlinder.com has courses for that too. They have courses in business development, marketing. They have courses in spreadsheets. You know, they have courses in everything. If you want to do it or if you want to learn it, lynda.com can help you. They have these fantastic searchable transcripts. I talk about this a lot, but because it's so cool, it's such a great way to one, follow along while you're learning with the person, you know, so you can see what they're saying, read along. And for some people, including me, that helps it kind of get jammed in your brain. Or maybe you think to yourself like a couple of months later, oh, how do you do that one thing where well, you can go back in, you can search for the transcript, go straight to that part of the video and watch it again. They have apps. We love apps. They have apps for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Android devices. These let you learn whilst you're on the go with lynda.com. They have one low low monthly price of $25. It's going to give you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, lynda.com has courses for you. The best way for you to see just how valuable lynda.com is, is to pick something you want to learn and go to lynda.com, that's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash virtual right now and learn it because you will be able to get yourself a seven-day free trial. You get access to everything in these seven days. So think about something you want to learn. Go to lynda.com slash virtual and pick it up and start learning something awesome. Thank you so much to Linda for the support of this show and Relay FM. So totally unrelated, but I did see this on Polygon today. So when I was uh, just picking up some stuff, very interesting links. So I thought I'd just mention it anyway, because I just found it interesting that Christian Bale is going to play Steve Jobs in the Aaron Sorkin movie. The Batman is Steve Jobs. Yep. That's how that works. I just thought it was really cool. Um, I love this quote from Sorkin as well. He said, we needed the best actor on board in a certain age range, age range, and that's Chris Bale. He has more words to say in this movie than most people have in three movies combined. There isn't a scene or a frame that he's not in. So in its extremely difficult part, and he is going to crush it. I cannot wait now. Yeah, this sounds epic. I mean, we know Sorkin can do it, right? He made The Social Network, yeah. which I don't think anybody expected to be good, and it was a fantastic movie. So he's, And a fantastic he's, score. Oh yeah, the the nine inch um, it was the nine inch nails guy, Trent Reznor, right? He did the score. Yep, great, great score to write to. Yeah, we have uh, uh, some some more scores to write to that we could talk about later today. But um, Social Network's a great one. Yeah, the movie, the the movie was great. Love the movie, so I'm very very excited for this this movie now. It's the Sony adaptation of the um, of the book. Yeah, that's not a great starting point. You know, the book is not so great. Yeah, um, but they don't have to follow it. I think the yeah. reason they do that is now Sony owns all of the information. So they can just use all of the the potentially unique information that came out in that book. Yeah, that's the point. I assume that's why they do it, because anybody can make a movie about Steve Jobs, because people have. Can you imagine Steve Jobs in Batman's voice? No, bad, bad. <laughs> Here's the new iPod. <laughs> I really like your Batman voice. Thanks, buddy. I've worked working uh, hard on that. So while you were uh, doing exercises with your Batman voice, um, I was browsing Twitter today, and I um, I came across this uh, teaser for tomorrow's cover of Edge, uh, the video game magazine that you get in the UK, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the a game that for PlayStation 4 that we talked about a few months ago. Uh, the game is called Rhyme, and it's um, it's a very Zelda slash eco uh, inspired 
adventure, uh, at least from what we saw at the trailer, which I guess was released at E3, I think. Yeah, it was E3. Um, it was a really nice trailer. And um, the cover is really, really great. And, um, you know, Mike, if, you're, if you need reading material for the weekend, you should get Edge Magazine and tell me about Rhyme. Maybe I could just, maybe if I see a copy, I'll buy you a copy and I'll send you it. No, you're so you're so kind. <laughs> I I really love the the No Man's Sky special that mm-hmm. you sent me. Still have uh, that, yeah. I can yeah. see it over there on the on the bookshelf. I have it on my desk as well. So, um, also on Polygon today. Um, so happy about this news. So, you remember that a few months ago, the phenomenon called. Uh, Twitch Plays Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, made headlines around the world. It was a, a Twitch stream of a, uh, essentially people giving commands in the Twitch uh, chat to a computer uh, which played uh, Pokemon uh, Red or Blue? What was it? Was it Blue? One of the it first Pokemon. It was Red. So it was essentially people typing in the Twitch chat box Stuff like A or up, down uh, to move the, you know, the Pokemon Master on the screen, and somehow thousands of people just spamming the Twitch chat box managed to finish the game, and Twitch plays Pokemon is coming back for the uh, remakes of um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Um, a demo for these games was released on October 2021. Um, what is it, 21st? 21st, you know? yeah, 21st. The way that you Americans, or actually I should, I should say also people <laughs> in the no UK. There's no Americans here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, because I think of you as Steven. You know, we don't, you say with the, with the, with the is it called the, like the... What's the difference between ordinal and cardinal numbers? Like you say 21st. Yeah. We say 21 in Italy. Hmm. Like we count regularly, like 1, 2, 3, etc. Like we don't say October 1st. Yeah, we, go, we go with 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. That's always weird for me because when I, when, I, when, I, when I think of dates and like units or currencies, I think... In my regional setting, <laughs> like I'm an like I'm an iPhone or something, um, yeah. Anyway, um, so the Twitch plays. They're going to they, play the demo. Yes. Did you know right the, now they're playing Super Smash Bros. Right now, the Twitch plays Pokemon stream. They're playing 3DS right. Smash Bros. Yeah. There you go. So, is it people? Yeah, yeah. It's the same as the the um the way that Twitch plays Pokemon. It's Twitch playing Super Smash. Can you do that? With great difficulty. It's the I same as uh, as how they did Pokemon. Like nothing really happens. Useful happens. The character just moves around a lot. Um, is it a fighting against the CPU? Yeah, they're they're mm. currently uh, as I'm watching the right now. They have they have chosen Mr. Game and Watch. Nice. So um, there's going to be. Uh, new Twitch plays Pokemon, and it will, according to Polygon, it will the demo will run for a day or two, and it'll be replaced by one of your favorite games, Mike, Pokemon Stadium Two. <laughs> Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> right, it's one of your uh, all-time favorites. I hate Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Also, Pokemon Colosseum and Pokemon Snap. Right? All those games. They're still all let the- down. <laughs> They're all just a letdown. I wanted. I wanted. I want. Want. I've got man. it now. I wanted 3D Pokemon. I wanted. A Don't Pokemon be a Pokemon hater. <laughs> I, you know I love Pokemon, but I wanted. I wanted a 3D world. I mean, they've given it to me now, so I can kind of let Pokemon Stadium off. Did you ever did you ever go see the, the original Pokemon movie yeah. in theaters? I've seen it like a hundred times. Did uh, you uh, get the the ancient Mew uh trading card? I did actually. Oh nice, yeah. I I knew people who went three times to the theater just to get a just to get a card. <laughs> and then they, they tried to sell it, you know? <laughs> of course not. 
don't don't even try, man. I, I got my copy of the card. Um, yeah, the Pokemon movies. There's like fifteen Pokemon, at this point. I the think. first movie, Mewtwo the Strikes Back. Strikes Back, yeah, and they gave you the the shiny ancient Mew uh, trading card, which was really special. And my friends, um, I was really into Pokemon trading cards, and like I spent. Actually, my parents spent for me a lot of money. Um, this was before the euro, you know, in Italy. So we're talking about the lira, which was the original currency of Italy. And um, I asked my parents for many liras <laughs> to buy me Pokemon cards. And my friends and I, we decided to ban these special cards um, because it didn't seem fair to play with special cards during our little battles. Yeah, we were really serious, Mike, about our Pokemon tournaments. Yeah. Um, the Pokemon uh, trading card game for iPad, have you played much of that? No, I I, I didn't download the game. And same with, uh, with uh, what's the name of um, the, the Blizzard? Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, I yeah, also po- didn't download it because I know that I'm going to love these games, right? The Pokemon game isn't that good. Oh yeah? Yeah, it's not nowhere near as good as the Game Boy version. Oh no, that's too bad. Yeah, it's a shame really. Um it's okay, but it's not it's not great, I have to say. It's not great. I don't know if it's the same for you, um, but when I was younger, uh and now at this point I'm talking about fifteen years ago. Uh, when my friends and I used to play the Pokemon trading card game, we didn't really know the rules. We just made up the rules for playing Pokemon cards. No, I learned the rules, man. I was big. You learned the rules, yeah. Okay. I used to take uh, I used to take the game to school and play. Oh yeah, we did the same. It's just that we never had a manual for the rules. We just uh, assembled our decks <laughs> and we just made up the rules, like. Like it was our own game in the end, you know. We had a special set of rules and uh, cards that had been banned by our little group of friends. What cards and, were banned? Oh, I told you the Mew card oh, that you right, get at right. the theater, and uh, I think a bunch of other cards based on on our own ideas. Like I think Blastoise was banned hmm. for some reason. Um, yeah, because we, uh, I think that if I remember correctly, we tried to mix the rules of the video game with the trading card game. And it was really a special thing of ours. It was really, it was really, com- you know, confusing. So I, you remember I mentioned about those Game Boy games that I came across? Yes. That one right there is the Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy. <sighs> Is that the one with the... What's the color of the cartridge? Is a black one? It's black, yeah. 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 I had the game, yeah. Really nice. Game Boy Color, game by color games were so, so, so nice. That's actually really worth playing, the trading card game. I might play. I might, might put some hours in on that. I don't know when I'm going to start playing... Well, I know when I'm going to start playing these Game Boy games, but... Man, I'm just going to... I really want to just blow through some of these old Pokemon games. It's got red, blue, yellow, silver... Gold. Yeah. Gold, man. Mm-hmm. Those games, silver and gold, also I played a lot of that. And Crystal. Crystal had the the legendary, like, um, was like a, the Pokemon, right? I remember, the, what was the name? I used to know all the names. Uh, it was like a blue dog or something, <laughs> you know? It was really great. Yeah. I loved Crystal. Crystal, legendary. It's legendary like a, dogs. They had legendary dogs, didn't they? Um, please oh tell me the name. I need to know the name. Uh, was it? Oh man, this, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a good job for you here. Um, Pokemon Crystal Legendary. It was like one of three, uh, and it was a blue one. Was it? Oh, was it? I can't even say it. Sweet. Suisun? Su- oh, yes. Su- uh, Suikun? Suikun, yeah. Suikun, yeah. Yeah, that was the one. 
Yes. You found him in Tin Tower, apparently. Yes. In case, case you needed to know Su- that Su- 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 I Su- wonder how... I don't know. Sukun? Sukun? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was three three dog-like creatures. Yeah, Raikou, fire. Entai, yeah. and Suikun. was thunder, fire, and ice, basically. Yeah. Like the legendary birds, but it just went with dogs. Yeah, basically, yes. And I really like the crystal. The crystal version was like the yellow version to to, yeah. the, to red and blue. Yeah, yeah. I always like these special versions of the games. Um, in the in the crystal version, actually, this is a great memory that just surfaced again. Um, so, <laughs> when I was a when I was a kid, I was playing these games. I bought um, a Game Shark machine accessory for the Game Boy. Yep. Right to enter cheat codes. Only I didn't, I wasn't interested in cheating uh, per se. I didn't really want, you know, like free Master Balls or uh, like Infinite Earth or stuff like that. I wanted to unlock the secrets of the games that were, uh, you know, they were not available to me. So I think I remember correctly, through the Game Shark, I unlocked Celebi, uh, which was uh, one of like the Mew of yep. Pokemon Crystal uh, in the game, and I was really proud of that. You were proud of using the Game Shark, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because no, because it, it's it's got all this backstory that I needed to I needed to um, order the Game Shark at my local video game store. They didn't know what it was, so they had right. to talk to the supplier. So I I explained to the to the it was a toy store. Yeah, this was before my my video game store friend. Um, they needed to to understand what what I wanted, so they made an order just for me. You know, and so I, the Game Shark with the Game Boy, you had to plug your game cartridge into the Game Shark and then the Game Shark into the console, right? Yes, yes. It was really bulky, and um, there was uh, there were different models. Mine was a was like a uh, I think a transparent purple game shark for the Game Boy Color. And I used uh, I used the cheat code, which I found, or, or at least, uh, I think, I couldn't remember if it was a cheat code that I found in video game magazines and I like, I I, I cut the, the page on the magazine and I saved it. Or if the game shark actually came with pre-installed like templates for unlocking um, stuff in different games. So you had like a, a main menu and you could go to Pokemon Crystal and say unlock Celebi and it will unlock Celebi for you. Do you remember yeah. Missingo? Missingo, no. yeah. Of yeah. course, that, that that didn't require a Game Shark, I think. No. It was actually um, a pre... Uh, it was like a set of moves that you had to do. Yeah, you had to like and go not, to this house, swim up and down this shore, go to here, go to there, go to here, go to there, and then you find him. Have you ever have you ever seen the? I need to know the the English name of this because we yes it's the same as the Italian name I think no so in Italy uh, we okay in Italy we used to call this glitch um, the city of numbers in the original Pokemon Red and Blue uh, in English I think it's called Glitch City it's basically um, it's like a it's like a town right. Uh, in Pokemon Red and Blue, um, that it's all glitched out. It's like like the walls of houses are numbers, or like uh, the sprites don't load correctly on the screen, and it looks like a mess. And you can basically uh, force the game to load this glitch city uh, by doing another another set of moves. And like you need to move from the what's the name of it? like from the zoo. Uh, you need to fly to another uh, to another town, and then you need to walk like thirteen steps, stuff like that. And this was real. And I saw a friend of mine entering this glitch city on my Game Boy. The other Urban Legend, <laughs> so now we're just talking about Urban Legends in old Pokemon games. Um, the other Urban Legend that there were, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, going around uh, in the Pokemon Red and Blue days was the that you could um, unlock Mew uh, by, like... You needed to go in the in the back part of the ferry. Yeah, I had this. Yeah, yeah you remember the I rumor? I remember this. Yeah. yeah. 
Could you actually do it though? No, no. It wasn't real. I think I want to believe that it wasn't real. Was it the SS Ferry, yeah. yeah. What was it called though? Yeah, not not Saint Mary. Ah, uh, yeah, my memory is failing me right now. SS Anne. Anne, yes, there was a female name. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there were there were a lot of a, uh, a lot of um, uh, you know, rumors going around. Yeah. No, I, I actually. Uh, Do you want to know the rumor? Uh, I found it on. Yes, on I want to. Please tell me again. It's been like fifteen years since I last heard it. Um, in Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, as well as their remakes, a truck placed in the SSM port, which seemed to have no evidence, uh, no evident purpose except as scenery, and was programmed into the game as a floor tile with scenery being very sparse in a generation one games, and this being one of the few sprites with no other purpose than to exist in one spot. Fans began speculating that another purpose existed for this truck and that it could perhaps be moved with strength. Yes. Thus a popular rumour sprang up that po- a Pokeball containing Mew would be found <laughs> underneath it. The only flaw with this cheat was that the HM for strength could only be obtained after getting cut, which required the SSN leaving. Players have found ways around this through various methods, such as glitches or by trading Pokemon knowing cut. Uh, to other games which is not have a HM, the rumor was proven false shortly after it was announced. That's cool, right? Yeah, I love that, the, that kind of that that got to you. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like it got to me and to you. Like it's it's just interesting to me that like it was international before yeah. the web. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing, right? And um, I so while you were searching for this, I also searched for the Celebi uh, Game Shark thing. Yeah, I remember now. Um, Japanese players of the game could unlock Celebi uh, through some sort of Nintendo event uh, in Japan. Uh, in the West, you needed to use a Game Shark code, and there's uh, instructions at this website, Pokemon website that is called Celebi, which I think it's the um, Japanese version of Celebi, uh, which this website I've been reading for years, and they just had the 15th anniversary this week. So congratulations to Celebi. Awesome website. They're, if they you were have a already shark, in the show notes. That was where I found out about the legendaries, the legendary dogs was from Celebi. Yeah. If you have a if you have a Game Boy Color, so listeners of the show, if you have a Game Boy Color <laughs> and a Game Shark. <laughs> and if you have a Game Shark, please try the Game Shark code again and let us know if it still works. It should work because you know, uh thankfully old games don't age like iOS games do, which is a nice introduction to the to the main topic of the show, which is not old Pokemon games and urban legends. I wish it was though. I, I could talk yeah, about this it really it really should be. But I want to take a moment before we talk about our topic this week uh, about our friends at Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names on the internet, and not on the internet. You can only do it on the internet, but it's still the best anyway. Hover is my place of choice. It's been for so long. I really love Hover. Let me tell you some of the things that I love about them. They make it super easy for you to buy domain names. You don't have to wait in lines. You don't have to go and click through hundreds and hundreds of screens. You don't have to like reject this, say no to that. You know, I don't want to accidentally purchase this from you. They make it super simple. You go there, you type in what you're looking for, they show you what's, what TLDs are available for the words that you choose, or if you type in an exact domain, they just show you if it's available or not. Hover even help uh, broker deals. So if you're looking for a domain that somebody's trying to sell, Hover can act as a middleman to help you with that sale. I know people that have done that with great success using Hover. They make sure that they give you just a pleasant experience. They want you to come in, get what you want, and leave, and then only ever come back to them when you need to. They don't want to bug you. They don't send you emails every day telling you about new things that are happening. They, Hover's just great. I love them. They have all of the TLDs that you'd expect, like .com, .co, and .me, but they have all of the crazy ones that you want these days, like .myc, .london, .plumbing, uh, .academy, all of this stuff. They have their .com domains now, like twelve ninety nine, which is an awesome deal. And you you get free who is privacy with that as well, keeping your private information private. Hover do volume discounts. 
For bulk domain renewals, they can help you set up email addresses. They do storage and forwarding as well. They have a no-hold, no-wait, no-transfer telephone support policy. They're famous for this. There's a good reason why. You call them up if you need help, and you're going to speak to someone, and they're going to get done for you what you need done. Don't forget about Hover's valet service. If you're transferring over, if you want to transfer all of your domains from another provider to Hover, which you definitely should, that Hover's valet service, they basically take all of the hassle away. You give them the keys to the domain registrar that you are currently using and they will just go in and they'll transfer it all over for you for free this is how awesome they are so go over to hover.com right now and try them out you want to use the code smash at checkout it's going to get you 10 percent off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for virtual and all of read fm so to get 10 percent off your first purchase use the code smash thank you so much to hover for sponsoring this episode and supporting relay fm do you like the code, Federico? I always love these codes, Mike. You know that I, I come up with them, right? Oh, it's you? Yeah. Oh, you're awesome. Yeah, they hover, <laughs> yeah. hover, say, like, it, they're cool. Like, this is one of the things that I like the, like about them. They're just like, just have fun with it. Like, just come up with some new stuff. We like to hear jokes about the shows. Like, Hover are great. They're, they're very complimentary about the shows, and, and uh, they like us to have a bit of fun with it. So I went with Smash this time. So who knows know, what the next um, one will be. You know, there was a there was a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. He was like, "Hey, how do I register a new domain?" And I recommended Hover because it's, um, you know, the there's a bunch of different ways to register domains. Uh, Hover is just so simple and like there's no uh, like they many, many other websites and they try always to I wouldn't say to scam you, to but they upsell. Yeah, to really upsell you very upsell. very aggressively. And Hover is just so nice. You know, there's a minimal effort to, to find the name that you like. And my friend of, the friend of mine was really happy. So I guess that podcast ads work. So thanks to Hover and awesome special code, Mike. I can, I can confirm that podcast ads work. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they do. <laughs> Relay.fm <laughs> slash sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Mike, um, another... I want to I want to to return to this topic of uh, Pokemon Urban Legends and old cheats. Actually, I I need to ask my mother what happened to the Game Shark. I you could mail it to me, and then I can. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid that I that I sold it. I bet, I bet I could get one. Let's go to eBay. eBay Let's go to eBay and just give some random dude fifty or sixty euros for a Game Shark. Is Game Shark still around, by the way? Uh probably. What are they doing? Are they doing iPhone games? I don't know. Let's find out. Game. Uh, iPhone cheats. Game Shark. GameShark.net. Yep. What do they do? They are. They are now a distributor of Mad Cats controllers. Oh, I, I don't course. think that they. Uh, uh, they're doing the cheats anymore. <laughs> no, they just they just sell stuff now. Oh, poor Game Shark. Those were the days. I remember um, when did you you ever familiar with the, the the term for chipping a PS2? Oh yeah, no, um, for the PS1, I I knew. Yeah, and PS1, but yeah, it was like this, this idea of chipping, modifying yes. or chipping yeah. a, a game's console. In Italy, we said modifying, but yeah, it was the. the I, I'm very familiar. All my friends uh, did it because there was a uh, the, um, a friend of mine had an uncle who opened this uh, on the front. It was a video game store. On the back, it was a um, it was a let's modify PlayStation business. Huh. <laughs> yeah, everybody knew this guy in Viterbo. So, so yeah, I'm very familiar. And then there was like um, people modded. Um, Xbox, that was a big one. No, that one I still, uh, I was a bit older and I don't really remember that. Yeah, I, uh, I never did much. it, but I just know that the Xbox mods were a big were a big thing. Now, I knew that the, the original PlayStation, there was the, the chip, uh, like the chip mod, uh, and there was the GameShark mod. And the GameShark mod uh, required you to, to plug in a GameShark in the back of the console and you needed to open the tray, put a disc in, put a disc in, close the tray, and you could activate 
the, the game. And besides pirate games, there was a, I remember clearly um, these collections of games that a friend of mine used to buy from, I would say, you know, um, illegal sellers <laughs> on the road. Um, like in Italy, we, we used to have, when I was a kid, and when the, there was the, the you know, uh, the, the boom of um, uh, pirate uh, PlayStation games, uh, music CDs, DVDs, uh, there were all these sellers on the street. They would just uh, open a sheet on on the ground and just pull out all these CDs and games and and DVDs, and they would sell it for like uh, back then it, it was like uh, ten thousand liters, which would be five euros today. Uh, so they were really cheap, and right, and everybody had a modded PlayStation or uh, a CD player, and they didn't want to buy original CDs or original PlayStation games, so they would buy these games from these uh, sellers on the street. Um, and my, a friend of mine uh, he used to buy all these games, and uh, not necessarily like popular games for the PlayStation, like he didn't only buy uh, FIFA 98 or... Uh, what was another game? Um, Pandemonium, you know, all these popular games back then. He, he, only, he also wanted to, to buy all these hidden gems for the PlayStation uh, through, you know, illegal sellers. So one day he bought, um, I think it was called War Hogs, and it was about a, a game about pigs yeah. going to war. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. Uh, and that was really, really ridiculous, and we had so much fun with it. Another day, he saw uh, this uh, CD, right, just on the ground, as usual, um, with a Super Mario cover. And he asked this guy, uh, hey, what, what's about the Super Mario game? Super Mario is for the Nintendo, it's not a PlayStation. And the seller was like, yeah, yeah, sure, it's on PlayStation also. There's this, this, this CD has, like... Uh, I think it said a hundred games, and I was like, "What? What does it mean? You know, it's not possible." And I was like, "Just buy the CD. It's like, uh, you know, you, you you can you can bring it back if you don't like it." Because it was, these guys were, you know, they were selling, you know, they were selling uh, pirated copies of games and music, but they were always in the same spot every day. So everybody knew, right? It just didn't do anything. Yeah. Because I also guess that, you know, cops were buying CDs for their families from these guys. Um, anyway, so he buys the, the, the Nintendo game for PlayStation. And so we, we go to his house and um, he, he puts in the CD with the Game Shark trick. And uh, sure enough, uh, there's a, an, a, an emulator for the place for the PSX for the first PlayStation, and we played Super Super Mario Bros. on the PlayStation of my friend. And that was really, really crazy. And I remember this clearly because I still think about all the modded PlayStation era. And I've always been... So I had a modded PlayStation, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, you did? I did. I actually had a, mod, a modded PlayStation from, from the my friend's uncle. And um, so I bought Initially, I bought stuff, I guess, like uh, 20 games. And I, I, and I didn't finish a single game of, the, of this you know, collection that I acquired for, like, really cheap. I just didn't care about finishing games. So um, I kept my modern PlayStation, uh, but I just um, I started buying original games, uh, fewer games, like perhaps one game every month uh, because I really wanted to have a proper video game case, you know. Uh, I wanted to have the instruction manual and I wanted to actually finish the games because every time I bought, you know, all these uh, pirated games for the PlayStation, I didn't finish them and I didn't enjoy them because I, I only cared about, you know, having as many games as possible uh, because they were cheaper and because it was not, you know, it was legal. So uh, it was actually, all my friends were bragging about, you know, hey, I have like 200 games for the PlayStation. Uh, and 
I cared about, you know, enjoying and finishing games. So uh, the, the video game collection that I have today, uh, I'm very proud of that because it's the same collection that I started when I was, I think, eight. And I'm very happy about, you know. I, I never modded my consoles ever again after the PlayStation and those 20 games. And I bought the Game Shark just to unlock secret stuff because I never liked uh, cheats either in, in games. I, I, I don't understand why would you buy a game and use a cheat to have like infinite ammo or, you know, stupid enemies that don't kill you. The only games right? I ever cheated with and I did all the way up to the most recent was the Grand Theft Auto games. There was just something about just having all of the weapons and a ton of money, yeah, and I, yeah. you know, because it was kind of just like, so what? Like it's Grand Theft Auto, but in the most recent game, when again, when at least when the game came out, there were no cheats. Like all the previous games, there were always cheats. Like before the game came out, like these are the three different weapons cheats. Here's the health cheat. Here's the armor cheat, and you would just use those. Like all times, oh, here's like to get rid of your wanted level. But the most recent game, they weren't there when the game came out. Like I looked for them, couldn't find them, and I just played the game and I was able to complete it. So I was like, oh, maybe I never needed them after all, or maybe I've just gotten better at games over time, which meant that I I haven't I haven't needed to use them. I want I did I do actually have a a little bit um a little bit of a story about modded playstations, and it takes me back to the weird house. Okay, yes. I can. Please tell me the story. <laughs> I, I want to tell you about our final sponsor first. Um, okay. It's our friends at Brave Wave. They're back again to sponsor us this week. Brave Wave is the best independent music label you've never heard of. They make the best music I've come across recently. I am in love with the stuff that I'm finding at Brave Wave. They make fantastic music that is rooted in video games and nostalgia. They, they're the people that are behind Braid Wave and all the artists that they cover, they've made music for games such as Shovel Knight, uh, the Adventure Time game that's coming up soon, Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, Metal Gear Solid, and loads more. These guys and girls have some serious credentials. I've really been enjoying, I mentioned this last week, but like listening to some of their stuff, um, I was listening to World 1 and 2, and, and I remember, Federico, you said that you loved the Metroid like uh, track, and yes. I was listening to that. I, I made an extra point to listen to it a bit closer when I was working with it this week, and just found it fantastic. Uh, Brave Waves Music, so the uh, Influx and World 1 2, and they're also publishing a, um, an album uh, by an artist called Chipsell. Um, the, those those albums are the only reason I use iTunes Match at the moment. Like I set up iTunes Match on my iPhone six plus just so I could download the, these from because I have them on my Mac. Right, I bought the CDs, uh, ripped the CDs, and put them on my Mac, and now I've downloaded them to my iPhone and I've turned iTunes Match off again because it's the only music that I care about having locally saved on my phone. So I'm at work, I plug this stuff in, it takes me to a happy place and I'm able to get I'm able to concentrate. Um, it's great stuff to write to as well. Like if you if you are a writer, we were talking about the social network soundtrack earlier. All of this sort of stuff is like a lot of it has really fast beats to it, so it keeps you pumped up, and a lot of it doesn't have any lyrics, so it won't distract you. You should just go and check their stuff out. They've given some great recommendations of stuff you should start with. Um, and these are two things that I already mentioned. World 1, 2, uh, if you want a mix of new tracks and some game remixes. And Influx, which is all uh, all original music from the musicians of Silent Hill, Evanescence, Mega Man, Spelunky, uh, and so many more. Uh, Ridiculous Fishing. <laughs> the composer of the <laughs> of our theme song. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's true it's true um what's the guy oh, that guy's name has jumped out of my head federico you're gonna need to help me here oh, and uh, i feel bad for, for putting you in this position uh, we're growing older <laughs> it's, it's eric eric that's it eric uh if his name begins with an s is, is it i think he's a strachy that's it yeah yeah he's at strachy on twitter um, and it's Eric. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're just gonna embrace it. Eric Serkey, that's it. Um, yes. So he he's responsible for Ridiculous Fishing, Hotline Miami, Super Crate Box, and the Virtual Theme Song. 
So you can tell, if you love our theme song, by the way, which you probably do, you're going to love Brave Waves music. They're doing a special offer for you. For listeners of Virtual, they're giving a special 10% discount on their catalogue of award-winning albums. This is some fantastic stuff. Use the code VIDEOGAMES, or one word, when you check out, and you'll be able to indulge yourself in the world of fantastic video game music. Go to store.bravewave.net, use the code VIDEOGAMES, and you'll get 10% off. They do have a bunch of stuff where the code doesn't work, but that's because you, they're like free albums. So if you see an album on there that's free, it's like a pay what you want, you can download it for free. Anything that you pay for, you can use the code video games. So you should do that. You should definitely do that, by the way. These are just great people and it's fantastic music. Thank you, Brave Wave. And sorry, Thank Eric. Thank you, Brave Wave. I'm sorry, you're, Eric. You're... Brave Wave is awesome. Um, the guys are awesome. Great company. Mm-hmm. So glad that they're sponsoring us. Me too. It's a great fit. Match made in heaven. So... Yeah, I mean, I remember like I have memories of being in the in the weird house uh, that we spoke about on the episode that Seth Clifford joined us on. So I'll put that in the show notes. Um, do you remember what episode number that was? I want to say four. Let's find out. Relay FM slash. Oh, please be four. Please be four. Please be I don't four. think it was. I think it was later than that. No. It That's was really... it was number four. Wow, yes. look at you. You're so yes. good at this stuff. Yeah, I spoke about how um, I had some recollections of the VMU, like in the Dreamcast, from uh-huh. <laughs> a weird friend of mine's house. Uh, Why was it weird? <laughs> just the whole situation was weird. The games consoles were hidden in the house. Like, it was just all really <laughs> peculiar. And, and I, remember, I remember there being a, a game shark, and I remember having to... Like you had to, you started up, you put the disc in. It took, You had to select from this huge list of games what game you wanted to play. And I remember Resident Evil, one of the Resident Evil games on PlayStation 2, I'm going to say. And I remember the, that there was always problems with it though. So you would go in and you'd select, you wanted like infinite ammo and, and like unlimited health and stuff. And you'd start playing the game and then like at a random point, the game would crash, it would freeze. And it was because the cheats were being entered. So you were like gambling every time you played. Mm. But yeah, that that's that's kind of my memory of that sort of stuff. It's like... Yeah, there was a... That was an issue always with the, with the cheat codes. But then you could, do you remember you used to get the GameShark cheats out of magazines and you'd have yes. to type them in? You know, there was a, yeah, yeah. There was a, an Italian magazine called um, PSM, there was PlayStation Magazine. And PSM used to have these uh, annual compilation of uh, cheat codes. Yeah, it used, to, sp- used to come with the magazine in a little book, right? We used to get something. Yes, similar. and it was called the Bible of Codes. Yeah, that's it. We had it, like a cheat Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I remember having the first two editions uh, that I bought, not, you know, because I, I like cheat codes, uh, but because I like keeping the guide around for reference because you never know, right? You never know. Uh, it, was, it was like, there was teachy behavior before uh, things like Dropbox or Evernote. I was already storing things you know, for reference, <laughs> I was like six or seven. I always <laughs> had this problem. Um, I still have the the, the Bible, uh, the two Bibles around. Um, I remember there was a code to to do weird stuff in uh, the game Twisted Metal. Yeah, the the sort of roller der- the no the destruction derby. Yes, yeah. yeah. There was a that. There was Tomb Raider. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, probably. Uh, it was um, there was on PlayStation Two. I, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Ape Escape. Remember Ape Escape? I think so. The the little guy chasing the monkeys with the with sirens on their heads. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Ape Escape would sometimes find its way into Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, that's why I've been. Uh, I connected the dots. Um, yeah, man, uh, I, I kind of miss the the you know the the age of uh, magazines and copying cheat codes and and little secrets finally and and uh, video game legends and rumors because today in the you know with forums and the web and Twitter and video game magazines are dead and and you know online 
patches and software updates, we have lost this sort of magic and secrecy and, you know, this little this little aspect of video games. Like, it used to be... It used to be great to to tell these stories and hey, do you know that you can do this? Because today you can just go to YouTube, uh, you can you can go to YouTube uh, a few days ahead of a game of a game's release, and you can find leaked videos and all the secrets of a game. And many years ago, it used to be all you know word of mouth and people saying, hey, do you know what I what I heard at school that you can do this and you can unlock this crazy Pokemon? And, you know, this, this stuff was nice, right? And today you can just go to Twitter and you can go to a forum or to YouTube and you know, you know everything and there's no more... This community aspect, I think it's, it's a bit lost today uh, because everything is so much easier. It's probably better, right? Because... Um, I guess that you have uh, games that are updated more often because there's a software updates and you can download stuff from Steam and from the App Store and everything is magic and everything is great. Uh, but it used to be, you know, kind of romantic in a way to have this little cartridge and it was yours and you could enter cheat codes that you copied manually on a piece of paper from a magazine. You know, there's a, there's a certain romance to that. And now I'm thinking of the Arctic Monkeys song. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we wow. going to go now? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do we do now? Uh, yeah. Good times, man. Federico, I think we, well, we didn't get to our topic, so... We did an accidental <laughs> yeah. show. We'll save that topic. It's a good topic. We'll save it for another time, but... We will uh, We will put it in the parking lot. Yeah. We... <laughs> <laughs> of topics. <laughs> I've enjoyed this episode, though. Yeah, very much. We've got a bunch of like really weird show notes uh, that feature lots of peculiar <laughs> historic things. Uh, okay. You can find them at relay.fm slash virtual slash 10. I have all the Pokemon stuff we were talking about. I have Hogs of War. It wasn't War Hogs. It was Hogs of War. That's in there. Ape Escape is in there. All kinds of crazy stuff. You can go check those out. They're always fun. Um, if you want to find us online, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is at Fetici. P-I-T-I-C-C-I and he's at maxstories.net Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Virtual. It's been a... I hope it's been as much fun for you as it has for us. We'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.